Chapter Ten of Elsie's Motherhood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Elsie's Motherhood by Martha Finley. Chapter Tenth. Forgive and ye shall be forgiven. Luke six eighty seven. Calhoun Conley was much perturbed by the occurrences of the evening. He was fond of his cousin Elsie and her children and very sorry for both her sake and theirs that they had suffered this fright he greatly respected and liked mr travilla too and would fain have stood well in his esteem had he hoped that he did and also with his uncle horace he had been so kindly treated especially of late both at ion and the oaks but now this unfortunate episode had placed him in a false position and he could hardly expect to be again trusted or believed in such were his cogitations as he sat alone in the veranda after the ian carriage had driven away what shall i do he asked himself what shall i do to recover their good opinion just then walter appeared before him looking crestfallen and angry i say cal it's bad enough for you to have thrashed me as you did without bringing mother and aunt edna and maybe grandfather too down on me about those wretched masks and things so give em up and let dick and me put em back before they get home of course put em back as fast as you can pity you hadn't let them alone said calhoun rising and with a quick step leading the way toward the nursery and he added we must see what we can do to keep the young ones from babbling else putting them back will help your case very little oh we'll never be able to do that exclaimed walter despairingly one or another of them is sure to let it out directly and there come the folks now as the rolling wheels was heard in the avenue it's of no use they'll know it all in about five minutes yes sir you and dick have got yourselves into a fine box beside all the trouble you've made for other people said calhoun angrily then laying his hand on walter's arm as he perceived that he was meditating flight no sir stay and face the music like a man and don't act cowardice to all the rest of it they heard the clatter of little feet running through the house and out upon the veranda the carriage dropped before the door and the voices of the children pouring out the story of their fright and the punishment of its authors and the answering tones of their grandfather and the ladies mr dinsmore's expressing surprise and indignation edna's full of compassion and mrs conley's of cold displeasure let go of me they're coming this way cried walter trying to wrench himself free but the inexorable calhoun only tightened his grasp and dragged him to the nursery dick was there trying to pick the lock of the closet door with his pocket knife what are you about sir no more mischief to-day if you please exclaimed calhoun seizing him with a free hand the other having enough to do to hold walter give me that key then cried dick vainly struggling to shake off his cousin's strong grip the words were hardly on the boy's tongue 
when the door was thrown open and mr dinsmore and his daughters entered hastily followed by the whole crowd of younger children give you the key indeed i'd like to know how you got hold of mine and how you dared to make use of it as you have you young villain there take that and that and that hold him fast cal till i give him a little of what he deserves cried mrs johnson rushing upon her son in a towering passion and cuffing him right and left with all her strength let me alone he roared tain't fair old travilla's half killed me already i'm glad of it you ought to be half killed and you won't get any sympathy from me i can tell you and you had a share in it too walter mrs conley was saying in freezing tones if you think he deserves anything more than you gave him cal you have my full permission to repeat the dose where is the cause of this unseemly disturbance demanded mr dinsmore severely calhoun if you have the key of that closet and those wretched disguises are there produce them at once the young man obeyed while edna holding dick fast turned a half frightened look upon her sister to which the latter standing with her arms folded and her back braced against the wall replied with one of cold haughty indifference calhoun drew out the obnoxious articles and held them to view in a flush of mortification upon his face the children screamed and ran be quiet they can't hurt you said the grandfather stamping his foot then turning to calhoun ku klux your property and arthur's i presume you are members doubtless and he glanced from one to the other of his older grandsons in mingled anger and scorn arthur having just entered the room to ascertain the cause of the unusual commotion he flushed hotly at his grandsire's words and look i sir i a ku klux he exclaimed in a hurt indignant tone i a midnight assassin stealing upon my helpless victims under the cover of darkness in a hideous disguise no sir how could you think so ill of me what have i done to deserve it nothing my boy i take it all back said the old gentleman with a grim smile it's not like you a quiet bookish lad with nothing of the coward or bully about you but you calhoun i have no property in these sir and i should scorn to wear one or to take part in the deeds you have spoken of right i am no republican and was strong for succession as any man in the south but i am for open fair fight with mine own enemies or those of my country no underhand dealings for me no cowardly attacks in overwhelming numbers upon the weak and defenceless but if these disguises are not yours whose are they and how came they here i must beg leave to decline answering that question sir replied calhoun respectfully his mother and aunt exchanged glances ah exclaimed their father turning to edna as with a sudden recollection i think i heard you claiming some property in these scarecrows speak out are they yours no sir but i'm not ashamed to own that i helped to make them 
and that if I were a man I would wear one. You? You helped make them? And who, pray, helped you? Louise? Yes, sir, Louise it was, replied Mrs. Conley, drawing herself up to her full height, and she is no more ashamed to own it than her sister, and if Calhoun was a dutiful son, he would be more than willing to wear one. If you were a dutiful daughter, you would never have engaged in such business in my house without my knowledge and consent, retorted her father, and I'll have no more of it, let me tell you, madams Conley and Johnson, no aiding or abetting of these midnight raiders. And turning to a servant, he ordered her to take the hideous things into the yard and make a bonfire of them. No, no, cried Edna. Papa, do you understand that you are ordering the destruction of other men's property? It makes no difference, he answered coolly, for they are forfeit by having been brought surreptitiously into my house. Carry them out, Fanny, do you hear? Carry them out and burn them. And pray, sir, what am I supposed to say to the owners when they claim their property? Asked Edna with flashing eyes. Refer them to me, replied her father, leaving the room to see that his orders were duly executed. Calhoun and Arthur had already slipped away. Dick was about to follow, but his mother seized him again by the arm, this time shaking him violently. She must have someone on whom to vent all the rage that was consuming her. You, you bad, troublesome, wicked boy! I could shake the very life out of you, she hissed through her shut teeth, suiting the action to the word. Pretty mess you've made of it. You and Walter, your birthday coming next week, too. There'll be no presents from Ian for you. You may rest assured. I hope Mr. Travilla would send you each a handsome suit as he did last year, but of course you'll get nothing now. Well, I don't care, muttered Dick. It's your fault for making the ugly things. And freeing himself, by a sudden jerk, he darted from the room. The children and servants had trooped after Mr. Dinsmore to witness the conflagration. And Dick's sudden exit left the lady sole occupants of the apartment. I declare it's too bad, too provoking for endurance, exclaimed Edna, bursting into a flood of angry tears. What's the use taking it so hard, returned her sister. You're a perfect iceberg, retorted Edna. That accounts for my not crying over our misfortune. I presume my tears being all frozen up, returned Mrs. Conley, with an exasperating smile. Well, there is comfort in all things. We may now congratulate ourselves that Foster and Boyd did not wait for these, but supplied themselves elsewhere. There was a difference of two years in the ages of Dick Percival and Walter Conley, but they were born on the same day of the same month, and their birthday would occur in less than a week. I say, Wall, what precious fools we've been, remarked Dick, as the two were preparing to retire that night. Why didn't we remember how near it was to our birthday? Of course, as Mother says, there'll be no presents from Ian this time. No, and I wish I'd never seen the hateful things, grumbled Walter. But there's no use crying over spilt milk. No, and we'll pretend we don't care a cent. 
mother shan't have the satisfaction of knowing that i do anyhow and dick whistled a lively tune as he pulled off his boots and tossed them into a corner about the same time elsie and her husband seated alone together in their veranda were conversing on the same subject mr travilla introduced it they had been regretting the effect of the fright of the evening upon their children vi especially as the one predisposed to undue excitement of the brain yet hoping it might not prove lasting elsie had just returned from seeing them to bed i left them much calmed and comforted she said by our little talk together of god's constant watch over us his all-powerful and protecting care and love and by our prayer that he would have them in his keeping he pressed her hand in silence and presently remarked the birthday of those boys is near at hand they certainly deserve no remembrance from us but how do you feel about it just as my noble generous husband does she said looking up into his face with a proud fond smile ah how is that like giving them a costlier and more acceptable present than ever before thus heaping coals of fire upon their heads and what shall it be whatever you think they would prefer and would not that be a pony apiece no doubt of it and i will try to procure two worth having before the day comes round talking with her little ones the next morning elsie told them of the near approach of the birthday of dick and walter spoke of the duty of forgiveness and the return of good for evil and asked who of them would like to make their cousin some nice present i should mamma said little elsie eddie looked up into his mother's face dropped his head and blushing deeply muttered i'd rather flog them like papa and cal did so would i they're naughty boys cried vi the tears starting to her eyes at the remembrance of the panic and fear their conduct had cost herself brothers and sister their mother explained that it was their papa's duty to protect his children from injury and that that was why he had flogged naughty dick but now he had forgiven them and was going to return good for evil as the bible bids us and you must forgive them too dears if you want god to forgive you she concluded for jesus says if you forgive not men their trespasses neither will your father forgive your trespasses i can't mamma i don't love them said eddie stoutly ask god to help you then my son but mamma i can't ask him with my heart cause i don't want to love them or forgive them can my boy do without god's forgiveness without jesus's love she asked drawing him to her side you feel very unhappy when mamma or papa is offended with you and can you bear your heavenly father's frown don't look so sorry dear mamma i love you ever so much he said putting his arms about her neck and kissing her again and again i cannot be happy while my dear little son indulges such sinful feelings she said softly smoothing his hair while a tear rolled down her cheek mamma how can i help it try to think kind thoughts of your cousins try to do them all the kindness you can 
ask god to bless them and help you to love them i want my little vi to do so too she added turning to her mamma i will i don't tend to say cross things about them any more violet answered impulsively and i'll give them the nicest present i can get with all my pocket money mamma must i give them presents asked eddie no son i do not say must you shall decide for yourself whether you ought and whether you will mamma they made me hurt my dear father no eddie no one can make us do wrong we choose for ourselves whether we will resist temptation or yield to it mamma what shall we give asked the little girls talk it over between yourselves daughters decide how much you are willing to spend on them and what your cousins would probably like best i want my children to think and choose for themselves where it is proper that they should but mamma you will advise us yes vi you may consult me and shall have the benefit of my opinion the little girls held several private consultations during the day and in the evening came with a report to their mother elsie was willing to appropriate five dollars to the purpose vi three and the gifts were to be books if mamma approved and would help them select suitable ones i think you have decided wisely she said and as it is too warm for us to drive to the city we will ask papa to order a variety sent out here and he and i will help you in making a choice eddie was standing by nothing had been said to him on the subject since his morning talk with his mother but all day he had been unusually quiet and thoughtful mamma he now said coming close to her side i've been trying to forgive them and i'm going to buy two riding whips one for dick and one for wall if you and papa like me to her smile was very sweet and tender as she commended his choice and told him his resolve had made her very happy the birthday found dick and walter in sullen discontented mood spite their resolved not to care for the loss of all the prospects of gifts in honor of the anniversary what's the use of getting up growled dick it's an awful bore the way we've been sent to coventry ever since we got into that scrape with the young ones i have a great mind to lie abed and pretend sick just to scare mother and pay her for her crossness maybe you might get sick in earnest suggested walter i'm going to show up anyhow and he tumbled out upon the floor for it's too hot to lie in bed hark there's pump coming downstairs hark there's pump coming up the stairs to call on us now why what's all that pump the servant rapped and pushing open the door handed a number of brown paper parcels dunno mas well replied the man grinning from ear to ear something for me in and the rest is downstairs one for each of you one what queried dick starting up with a bound placing himself at walter's side birthday present says wish you many happy returns mas wall and mas dick and hope you'd never wear no more klu klux doings but the lads were too busily engaged in opening the parcels and examining their contents to hear or heed his words 
two riding whips splendid ones and four books exclaimed walter and here's a note here let me read it said dick i declare wall i'm positively ashamed to have them send me anything after the way i've behaved i too but what did they say it's from travilla and cousin elsie said dick turning to the signature i'll read it out he did so it was very kind and pleasant made no allusion to their wrongdoing but congratulated them on the return of the day begged their acceptance of the accompanying gifts stating from whom each came the largest and joint present from themselves and closed with an invitation to spend the day at ian i'm more ashamed than ever aren't you wall dick said his face flushing hotly as he laid the note down yes never felt so mean in my life to think that little eddie sending us these splendid whips and the little girls these pretty books i almost wish they hadn't but where's the larger gift they say is a joint present from themselves oh that must be what pomp called the rest left downstairs come let us hurry and get down there to see what it is toilet duties were attended in hot haste and in a wonderfully short time the two were on the front veranda in eager quest of the mysterious present each boyish heart gave a wild bound of delight as their eyes fell upon the group in the avenue just before the entrance two beautiful ponies ready saddled and bridled in charge of an ian servant old mr dinsmore calhoun and arthur standing near examining and commenting upon them with evident admiration oh what beauties cried dick bounding into the midst of the group whose are they uncle joe well sir answered the old negro pulling off his hat and bowing first to one and then to the other descent ye by massa travilla and miss elsie for two boys about de size of you that's done never mean to fret young children no more the lads hung their heads in silence the blush of shame on their cheeks do you answer the description asked calhoun a touch of scorn in his tones yes for we'll never do it again said walter but it's too much they're too kind and he fairly broke down and turned away his head to hide the tears that would come into his eyes that's a fact assented dick nearly as much moved you don't deserve it said their grandfather severely and i'm much inclined to send them back with the request that if they're offered you again it shall not be till a year of good conduct on your part has atoned for the past oh grandpa you wouldn't be so hard so very hard cried dick imploringly stroking and patting the pony nearest him they're such beauties i think you should be ashamed to accept such gifts after the way you behaved said arthur so we are but wouldn't it be worse to send them back awfully rude i should say and dick turned a half saucy half beseeching look upon his grandfather the old gentleman smiled in spite of himself and consented in consideration of the boy's penitence for the past and fair promises for the future to allow them to accept the generous gifts uncle joe explained which was for dick and which for walter 
and springing into their saddles they were off like a shot their grandfather calling after them to be back in ten minutes if they wanted any breakfast end of chapter ten